This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. They expect me to walk away from Luton with nothing. I'll make very sure there's nothing to walk away from. Hello and welcome to the Oak Road Hatter podcast, which is of course part of the TalkSport fan network. Here today, joining me is Jamie Castle and Kieran Robertson. Jamie, how are you? Yeah, pretty good. It feels like the excitement is um, building now. What are we, four weeks or so to the season? Um, a nice little trip to, to Deutschland coming up there for the announce today. And um, yeah, just sort of playing new signings, kit potentially tomorrow or sort of obviously so it's Monday recording this so potentially kit tomorrow um, excitement is building uh, and yeah I, I can't wait for it all to come How about yourself Kieran? Yeah same as Jamie I think everything's just sort of taken up that next gear hasn't it we were speaking about last week pre-season being a bit underwhelming one announcement and all of a sudden excitement's gone from a 1 to a 10 um, big trip planned already um, as you may have seen through the Twitter sphere um, going away to Bochum, new ground, one of three, hopefully that weekend. So stay tuned on the Oak Road Hatter for all of that good stuff. But all things considered, happy as Larry, boys. Bill, you, you, you know, when, when we got Kieran on board, I had no idea how good his bloody internal marketing skills were. Like whenever he mentioned something, he always plugs something. It's just, who needs a media manager when you got Kieran Robertson? Like, <laughs> Yeah, he's brilliant. brilliant. As both have alluded to, there's been a lot of exciting news over the last few days and we're going to go right through all of that. 
before we get started, a quick plug to our YouTube channel, continuing to try and grow that out. And it's been a lot of love on there so far. So big thank you to, to everyone watching and listening. It's been, it's been brilliant so far. Um, of course, we are Oak Road Hatter on YouTube and also a quick plug to the podcast on Spotify. If you can continue rating us at five stars, that would be much appreciated. Diving in to the news now, where best to start, it's probably Tahith Chong arriving as our record signing again. Um, we've done it for a second time where we've, we've broken our own transfer record. We've done it three times in about 12 months. It's becoming quite a theme, Jamie Carson. Yeah, it's a theme that you're not quite getting used to yet. Um, up until Sligo, hadn't spent seven figures on a player and now we've done it four times in, well, in I guess, in two and a half years. Um, really exciting. Chong, the sort of the, the new record. And again, it just shows the impact of Premier League football. We sort of the, the, there's a market of players that up until a month ago we, we were nowhere near. Um, there's, there was no chance we we, we would possibly got have got Chong on a permanent. Um, so we got him for five million. Um, still loads of seeding to go in terms of his potential. Is uh, is one that again you, you say you, you, you say it all the time, but someone who's who's got a point to prove technically fantastic and you back the coaches to get everything out of him um i guess we'll, we'll, we'll go on to where we see him fitting into the system but overall really excited with, with the signing yeah it's one you cannot help but be excited about as, as sort of you alluded to there is at a very good age he is technically very good he dealt us that single-handed battering um in that game against birmingham um so kieran coming on to you jamie sort of mentioned it there where do you see him fitting in in the current system? Um, we're assuming that, that the current system that, that was successful for us in the Championship will, will be moved into the Premier League. I guess we can assume that. But but ultimately, where do you see Chong playing next season? Should he be a regular starter? I think currently it's one of those where, like you said, stick with the same system. You're looking at that sort of Jordan Clark role in that midfield three. Obviously, traditionally, he's a winger. Um, he was at United used as such at Birmingham and I know there was times they used him in the middle a little bit but more so he's been a winger by trade um so if we choose to go down that route next season obviously the wingers that's an option however at the moment I think Rob Edwards probably sees him as that sort of step up from Jordan Clark as much as he's given us over the last few years I think Chong is that sort of it's that next step like I mentioned before about being great and then elite in a couple of pods ago that's that sort of next step for me from Clark to Chong yeah, I think I think I think being versatile was so important. I think as Kieran alluded to, like up until this summer, we didn't really have many sort of out and out wingers. Obviously, you got on your dimmer is a winger, and and that that is his, his role. Obviously, playing at wing back. But other than that, like not there wasn't really anyone that you could say was is an out and out winger. So to have a Bene now and then Chong as well, who can play out wide. I think if it comes to October, November, and we're playing the system that's, that's done so well, but actually in the Premier League is, is struggling to adapt. I think sort of the definition of insanity is trying the same thing over and over again and, and getting the same results or, or the same bad results. So it will come to a time where if after 10, 15 games and you're still getting the same result, then at least we've got the the, the ability to switch system, potentially go to a 4-2-3-1 with wingers or Beno right, Chong left, for example. So 
it, it gives us the, the ability just to be tactically versatile and that's someone that Rob Edwards will, will be brilliant at no doubt next season in the Premier League being able to adapt based on game state and and, and who we're playing against but yeah prim- primarily I agree I think he'll, he'll be in that Jordan Clark type role um, Nathan Jones was banging on loads of times about getting a left-footed attacking midfielder uh, we got that in Dewsbury Hall who was fantastic obviously couldn't get him more on the permanent got it in Luke Freeman but he wasn't ever I guess of the ability to be a sort of a first team starter in my opinion um, but now Chong certainly has that and certainly has the potential to be a very good Premier League um, sort of attacking midfielder and he's left-footed he's young um, so it seems like we finally I guess tick that box that we've wanted to tick for so long Very good age as we sort of mentioned there as well 23 years old and you think if for example we have a very good season um, well, sorry, if he has a very good season and we don't quite follow and, and we do get relegated, there's potential for a huge resale value as well, which is as difficult as it is to think about players already potentially leaving in the future. It's also, it also ensures your financial security. So, yeah, again, 2020 delivered very, very well. Another player, we, we've spoken a lot and there's been a lot of confirmed news of, of players signing new deals at Luton since promotion has been confirmed. Elijah Adebayo is the next player that has penned down a new deal. We don't know the details. We don't know how long it's for, but it's, you know, secures his time at Luton for, for at least another couple of years, which is great news. Um, a, a player like Chung that's, you know, nowhere near his, his finished article as yet, but still a lot of time. Coming to you, Kieran, Adebayo signs a new deal. What kind of role do you see for, for Adebayo next season? Of course, he's formed very good relationships with Cornick when, when he was at the club and, and uh, Morris. Do you think that going into the Premier League, he's going to be as regular of a starter or part of a you know a rotation kind of attacking unit? I think initially he's going to be part of the starting two. I think it would be wrong of us to not trust Eli and Morris. We trusted them a lot. Last season, they obviously paid through. I want to see them trusted again, at least at the start. At the end of the day, I know we're rumoured with a couple of other targets up front, or at least have been before. I'm sure we're going to get onto that later in the pod. But as it stands, at least for the start of the season, give them both the chance to shine, give them both the chance to prove themselves in the Prem. If and when Rob sees fit that we need to bring in someone else, I'm sure that will be the case. And I think out of the two, Eli is the most likely to drop to the bench as opposed to Morris. I could be wrong, but at least that's my input at the moment. Yeah, I agree. I, I think the word underrated probably isn't accurate. I think he certainly is rated amongst Luton fans, but I think he certainly does a lot more than some Luton fans give him credit for. I think if you look at stats, goals and assists, you probably only just reach double figures. But in terms of what he did in did in the actual games, he was fantastic at times of his work rate and sort of chasing down the ball. And I think I just watch the player final go over and over again. And just in terms of technical ability, I appreciate it's only Callum McFadden, but he, he turned him inside and out. And you just think, okay, it's not a Ruben Diaz and it's not a, a, a Martinez at United, but that there'll be a lot of centre halves in in the Premier League that can't deal with that that sort of that chopping and and, and turning. Um, so certainly back him to certainly step up to the Premier League in terms of the sort of between both boxes style of play. Maybe he might struggle in terms of goal contributions, but in terms of the actual game contribution, the wider tactical system, I think he'll step up for sure. Yeah, I think he's 
weirdly, he's one of those players, like you said, like players are going to have a hard time dealing with him. He's very unpredictable. Like for a guy who's six at three, pushing six, four, he's got very quick feet as the playoff final showed. And you don't expect a player of that size not to, you expect them to just hold the ball up, tap it to feet, play it off. But he's like, okay, I've got that game in, in me. But I've also got a second dimension to my game as well, where it's, I can heel chop round you. I'll take it through your legs. That sort of thing. You know he loves to run down the wing, cut inside. He's not afraid to do that. And the same thing with the work ethic as well. I think there's a reason you look at a lot of the time when he's substitute, he's limping off. And it's not because he's injured. It's genuinely because he just run himself to the ground for the team for 75, 80 minutes. And a lot of people think, oh, he just, all he does is this, all he does is that. It's like, but think about what he does off the ball. Just because he doesn't have the ball all the time. Or just because what he does with the ball doesn't mean it's an assist or a goal. Like you said, Jamie, like people assume that the be all and end all is just goals and assists for a striker when actually that's the whole point of a partnership. Look at how Morris has flourished this year, and I think without Eli, he wouldn't have scored half the goals he'd have scored. And we spent the first part of this episode looking at the playing squad. Uh, we talked about Chong, who's been added, and looking at Eli, who has penned a new deal. We'll now look to the staff. The staff has been added to as well. Um, Andrew Findlay has joined the club um, as an analyst coach. And also Alan McCormack has been promoted to the first team after doing a very, very good job with the under-18s last season. He comes in as a set-piece specialist, the the old Alan Sheehan role. Good news on, on both fronts with those two coming in. Um, I guess we uh, Finley is, is more of an unknown entity given... Um, my knowledge about him so far but i did listen to it to a good interview that, that he's uh, done sounds very knowledgeable sounds very tactical but also a very good person and, and as luton fans always know being a good person gets you very far at that club um, and, and alan mccormack we know him very well as a, a time as a player uh, the, the kind of leadership he brought and then obviously transitioned very well into a coaching role within the academy and now he's been given his chance in the first team. So, Jamie, having these two on board, it's got to be a positive. Yeah, absolutely. I think on, on Finley, like you, don't know too much about him. But I guess the word pedigree was, was used a lot by Nathan Jones before in terms of where someone has been. And you don't you don't work for Man City or for the normal national team without being being good, right? Um, you saw it with Graham Jones for England, where okay, he didn't do too well as as manager of Luton, but as a coach, he certainly got the pedigree and and the ability as a coach. So, I think Finley is probably of a similar type type where he where he's a great coach, um, especially what he's doing. And Adam McCormack, great to see another former Luton player um, in in the setup. I think we sort of I think was it Alan Sheeran was a set set piece coach before and haven't quite filled that since his departure. Um, so for McCormack to take up that role is brilliant. Uh, he's definitely he, he done so well for, for the under-18s. I think they, they, they won loads of games. I think, was it was it like the, the, their division they won as well? Um, so yeah, in terms of his, his ability as a coach, there's no doubt in that because it's gone through in the results at under-18 level. So yeah, to put him in, in a already thriving setup with uh, Charles and Richie and, and Edwards, I think, yeah, he'll, he'll thrive as well. And it, again, it just takes a bit of workload off of other coaches and just sort of allows everyone to contribute and, and add their ideas, which can only benefit the team. 100%. And Kieran, the, the only time I can ever associate Adam McCormack with a corner is when 
um, he opened his account with that volley just outside just outside the area. So is that going to be a common theme? Are we going to score a load of volleys from just outside <laughs> the, the penalty box for corners? <laughs> Deliberately head it outside so Chong can slap it in from 25 yards, top corner, one-trick pony, 15 goals a season. I mean, wouldn't say no. But realistically, I think you think of how we ended last week's pod and we were sort of speaking about former players and keeping them within the club and how that sort of translates for the whole ethos of the club. Same thing with Adam McCormack is just another example. Had it with Sheehan before, had it with McCormack now, it's that familiarity. It's the expectations of the club. It's the standards of the club. You keep those players around that know the standards and know what's expected of Luton and keeps that ethos sort of on brand and keeps that culture. I actually listened to Diary of the CEO, Stephen Bartlett's pod the other day and he had Frank Lampard on. And Lampard was talking about how, in his day, no matter who the manager was, there was always a culture and there was always standards set by that spine of the team. You think of that Lampard, Terry, Drogba, Czech sort of spine, as it were. And he said that when he then went back, as the second time he went back as manager, the culture was gone. The standards were gone because new people would come in, but the standards hadn't phased down. Luckily, we've not had that. We have kept the same standards. We kept the same expectations. And if anything... The culture has built, the culture has got stronger. Alan McCormack coming in and, well, staying in and technically getting a promotion, again, only means good things. And going on to something else, a actual football match. Luton beat Peterborough United 3-1 in a friendly before they headed out to Slovenia. Goals from Colton Morris, a trademark header. Um McAtee, very, very nice strike. If you've seen the highlights, um, definitely the pick of the bunch. And Dion Pereira getting a header also. Um, as what happens when we play against Peterborough, Johnson Clark Harris uh, was the scorer of Peterborough's goal. There's not too much we can really say about this. No, uh, we've only really seen the highlights. That's all all there was. Um, I guess my only question is: good to get the legs ticking over before going out to to Slovenia. It's good that they've had at least one outing before before going out on this. Uh, it's difficult, but picturesque trip to, to Slovenia. Yeah, I, I always find it hard to take too much from, I guess, the, the, the early preseason games. Maybe as we get towards Ipswich and Sheffield Wednesday, we can start reading into things. But the early ones, you, you sort of take with a pinch of salt. But always good for your strikers to score in Morris and good to see everyone get a run out and not get injured. It was at St George's Park and that obviously adds a lot of um, sort of I don't know if, if, if you see teams train there they always say about um how good St George's Park is so it, it, it's a good sign that the, that the team have had the ability just to play there and and train there for a little bit um and then in terms of the second half it was the, the more sort of the, the the second core of players that probably are looking at low moves in McAtee and Pereira so good to see them get get some match fitness and uh, and much match game was on about and hopefully they can get some good loans it'd be good to see McAtee and Pereira, maybe League One, top half, there or thereabouts. Um, so all good stuff. Um, yeah, not really much else to say, but it's nice. It's it's an, it's a novelty to be on a football podcast and talk about football. Yeah, it's a weird one. It's a weird one. Um, going on to a few more preseason fixtures. There's the big one that we've already spoken about against Bochum. We've, we've I think two different elevens will play. Um, two different games, so it'll be be very interesting to see how that plays out. Um, of course, Luton on tour. It's an exciting time to be a Hatter ahead of this Premier League season. Um, 
perhaps not as glorious. Um, and I don't know how true it is. I don't know if it's been confirmed by the club or anything. But when you type in Luton fixtures, the first one that comes up is Luton versus Ashdod. Um, Friday, the 21st of July. So it must be it must be a part of the Slovenia preparations. Um, and just to, to round it off, we've also got Ipswich Town on Tuesday, 25th of July. We've got Sheffield Wednesday on the 29th of July. And rounding it all off, we've got Wolves away 2nd of August, 7.30 kickoff. So it's going to be a quite a strenuous task when they get back. Um, they'll, they'll get back to this country and, and probably won't have too much time to, to relax uh, before some good tests come up. Ipswich Town, in my eyes, are going to do quite well in the Championship next season. Sheffield Wednesday um physical they're a physical outfit they showed that last year in league one and, and then wolves will be i think kieran you spoke about it last week but a very good opportunity to see where we're at ahead of the start of the premier league season we'll go on to the fixture that's been postponed now so of course we were set to play burnley as our first home game in the premier league that's been postponed and, and listening to gary sweet it, it's more making sure that we don't get sanctioned or there's no potential um no potential sort of disappointments that come from it and, and just making sure that we are in a position to fulfill that fixture and and whilst Gary Sweet can be confident that we're we're working ahead of schedule, he's not fully sure that at this point we'll be able to get that fixture played to take and the, the sort of correct decision to to call that game off means our first home game at Kenilworth Road in the Premier League will be West Ham United, I think I'm right in saying, on the 1st of September. Gives us that little bit more time. But also, within his interview with TalkSport, he mentioned that Kenilworth Road will not be the smallest ground in the Premier League next season. Um, it's the little ones, eh? It's the little ones. Um, of course, it was very, very close between us and... Uh, Bournemouth Vitality Stadium, but with the ongoing work to the old Bubba stand, Kenworth Road will be will have a higher capacity, sorry, than AFC Bournemouth. It's um interesting to see how that all works out. But um Jamie, just coming to you, the the images and the drone shots look brilliant at the moment. Um I don't know what it is, it's just the fact that everything's so new and just looking at there being no boxes there just I can't process it still. Yeah, so weird. Um, you remember going back to when we got promoted to the championship and then seeing the LED advertising boards and the the, the square goal nets was just, in itself was pretty pretty wild and had had a feel of God damn we've we've made it to to like the big leagues. Um, but now to see the Bobber stand that like like we only know obviously our our dads know know it pre pre boxes but it, we we only know the bobbers as being sort of the, the conservatories right um so to see that be knocked down and actually have proper seats in and no doubt wider dugouts and it seems like they're putting in pretty pretty decent new floodlights as well so it's going to be exciting to see more fans outside and hope that that will just improve the atmosphere further right if if, if that end is fully looting and got looting fans on the touchline like they like they are on on the main stand side then that's only gonna gonna help us so you, you think the the, the the right back when they're sh- shooting towards the the oak road then get some 
get some sort of time to think when they're when that when they're on that side of the boxes, but hopefully no more when there's also fans outside as well. Um, on on the postponement, I think it's a fairly sensible business business decision. Uh, obviously, I think the board would have loved to have played that Burnley game, um, but if you can't guarantee, you can't guarantee, and there's there's no need to take that risk. And the last thing we want is to get a sanction down the line or a week before because we can't we can't do it in time. Um, fairly sensible, um, and there's something rather exciting of, about the first Premier League game being against sort of London club West Ham under the lights on a Friday night. That's just going to be some occasion. Hopefully, after two decent away results as well, hopefully the fans are buzzing after one win and a draw, brought away Chelsea away. It'll be a Declan Riceless West Ham as well yeah. after his nine bigger transfer to. How are we talking about being in the same division as a club that have just completed a nine-figure move for a player? Like, what is pocket change? I think we've spoken. <laughs> Yeah, we could have done that with our uh, with the money we got from promotion, <laughs> as any fans of other Premier League clubs would have wanted us to do. For, for that's the bit I don't get. Why we do have other no fans ambition. want us? To, yeah, why do they want us to complete these moves? It doesn't make sense to me. But that's a, that's a completely different topic. That is something for another day. One thing I was going to say as well, Jamie. Um, I think I, I said it to you maybe a year ago, maybe even 18 months ago. I would have loved to have done a pod in one of those executive boxes. Imagine that. Yeah. Imagine the backdrop of having Inner Road yeah. behind us for, for one of those. That, that, that was definitely on our running chalkboard, wasn't it? Of sort of future lo- longer term ideas was to do a pod somewhere. Yes, and one of the boxes was, was, on, was on that list of draft ideas. Um, but unfortunately, no more. But yeah, I'm sure there's going to be other areas to do a pod uh, at some point. M- maybe in a brand new exec box at Power Court in, in the years to come. Who knows? Well, now we're going to go into a little break. When we come back, we're going to go into the free polls of this week. And we'll also go into a little bit of the latest transfers. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to episode 90 of the Oak Road Hatter podcast. And now, as mentioned before, we're going to go on to the free polls of the week. Um, Some interesting ones this week, as we sort of alluded to in the news. It's been a a very busy week for Luton. Of course, going out to Slovenia, contracts, the continued chat about which players might be coming in. 
Um, it's an exciting time to be a Luton Town fan. Um, we've probably said that a lot this uh, this summer already. But we'll go into the three polls. And the first one of this evening was, can you see Luton spending £10 million plus on a player this summer? And for a little bit of context, Luton were linked with a player, Joseph Martinez from Atalanta. Atlanta, Atlanta United. United, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. the one that always, yeah, always stumbles me. <laughs> always um, and the, the report suggests that he's valued at £10 million. Um, so we put out, can you see Luton spending that kind of money? Um, our three answers were either yes, uh, yes with add-ons or no. And a good 500 people voted. So thank you very much to everyone getting involved. And before I reveal the, the how the poll went, I'll, I'll come to you first, Kieran. Can you see Luton spending £10 million plus? I think I voted yes with add-ons, but kind of with a slight interest in yes, full stop as well. Um, the Joseph Martinez rumour, if Messi and Busquets hadn't literally just signed for Miami, probably would have had a bit more traction. Um, I can imagine that he's like, mm, Burry Park or Miami Beach with Messi. <laughs> I know which one I prefer. Um, saying that, and he is club captain over at Miami, which I didn't know. Um, that may change now. Generally speaking, yeah, like we've broken our transfer record twice. And I mentioned a couple of pods ago about return of investment and sort of the board looking at a transfer and thinking, right, is this going to be worth our money? Yes or no, whether it's over the course of one season and we go down or the course of two seasons or three, however else. Like let's use Martinez as an example now, like 30 years old striker. I've seen a lot of tweets the last day or two basically implying that the MLS is a terrible standard of league and I'm quite a big MLS advocate personally and even in leagues that are not as good and some if you want to use Twitter language farmers leagues players can stand out and players can still be very good despite the quality of the league not being as good and in this case Joseph Martinez stands out for me like in when he was playing for Atlanta United, they won the MLS Cup in their second season and he scored a bucket load of goals. Into Miami at the moment, fine. They're not doing very good, but he's their standout player still, despite the team not performing very well. Um, and if you were to say to me, you're going to pay 10 million for Joseph Martinez tomorrow, do you want him? Yes or no? I'd say yes, absolutely. But then is that because maybe I know a bit more about him and I can make a more informed decision? Probably. Um, but generally speaking, whether it's a youngster in a couple of seasons or Martinez now, yes, we are going to break that 10 million record at some point. And I think the people saying no are just quite scared of that idea, like scared of that risk. I think it's not necessarily a case of, oh, no, I don't want to do it. It's like, a, well, I'd like to, but uh, what if we spend 10 million and he flops? Because we don't necessarily have the privilege that a Man City could do. They could spend 10 million willy nilly. And if he flops, he flops. They don't care. Whereas for us, if he flops, it genuinely has a detriment to us at the moment anyway. Jamie, do you agree with that? Were you in the same camp as Kieran with, with what you went for? Yeah, I voted yes of add-ons. Um, and I guess I, I thought about it in a, in a bit more detail because one of my bosses at work basically was asking me sort of like, what, what, what do you think the budget is this year for Luton in terms of players? And, I, and I, it sort of got me thinking and I, I, I and I sort of landed on landed on about twenty five million quid was sort of where I I see that budget being and if 
if the reports are right, we've what spent eight so far, eight or nine on Anderson and Chong combined. Um, so we've probably got a good fifteen mil or so to play with, sort of with. So I think yes, we will break it, but I think with add-ons. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure who that's going to be on, but I guess it seems like at the minute with this sort of finding players and getting them for blow market value. Um, so Chong, he's definitely worth more than five million in, in my opinion. Anderson again probably worth more than three million, not not much more, but certainly more. So if we can if we can find what we deem to be a fifteen twenty twenty million pound player and we can get him for eight or nine plus add-ons, then absolutely I think the board will jump at that at that, that opportunity. Um, I think a, a lot has spoken about the strategy of twenty twenty in terms of being good with money, and I think sometimes that gets misrepresented to be don't spend too much and sort of keep the, the purse strings tight when actually it's they can spend wisely. They spend at the right times on the, on, on the right things and, and spend wisely. Um, so they certainly aren't afraid to make a, make a bit of a calculated gamble. Um, Sluger was, was a calculated gamble. Um, at that point, we thought bloody hell, we're spending £1.2 million on a foreign goalkeeper. Like, what what is this? Um, but it was a gamble. It was calculated. Did it pay off? Uh, probably in hindsight, overall, no, in terms of what we thought could have happened. But I think he certainly did enough in terms of keeping us up. Um, so, yeah, if if an opportunity presented itself to spend £10 million with or without add-ons for a player that, that we felt could could impact the league and, and impact our squad, then absolutely the board will do that. Yeah, certainly an interesting one. Um, I don't know enough about Martinez. I haven't watched him enough to to really claim that I think he will be the one that, that will spend 10 million plus on. But yeah, I'm in the same camp of yes, with add-ons. But looking at the poll, um, we're, we're in the minority because there were 17% who outright put yes. It was 27% that went yes with add-ons. And the overwhelming winner was 50%, uh, 56% sorry, with no. Going on to poll two, and, and before we get on to... to what's been said about this potential rumour, um, although this rumour does suggest that there has been a link. Um, would you like to see Ryan Giles arrive at Kenilworth Road this summer? Um, as we've mentioned, he's a player that's been linked as of today. Um, and I'll uh, come to you first, Jamie. Would you want to see Ryan Giles come come in at Kenilworth Road? Yeah, definitely. I think it's a tough one um, because we've got Alfie Doughty there that is absolutely probably one of the best players in the squad per it, per that position at left wing back. I think he's outstanding. Um, so it almost seems a bit of a why are we spending money to, to strengthen a position that doesn't really need strengthening as as first choice. But again, going back to the market value piece, it seems like it's sort of five million there or thereabouts will be enough, and that's that's below market value, right? And to to get someone who could definitely impact the league who did great for Borough last year. I think, what was it, 11 or 12 assists from left wing back? Um, I think he would, he would only add to the squad, um, the player that's under market value. And I guess it seems like we're looking to strike from that in, in, in that position because we were linked with Ryan Manning, who obviously went, went to Southampton in the end. Um, so it seems like we are looking to add a, another left wing back. And if we can get one of the championship's best players for last season for only £5 million as a snip and I think we should definitely do it. Kieran, are you on the same boat there that, that 
uh, Ryan Giles would be a good signing for Luton Town. Of course, we've got Alfie Dowerty, somebody that, that we've all raved about. But that element of competition, that element of strengthening the squad and, and continuing to you know, have options in, in all different positions and, and having depth, do you think that, that Ryan Giles would be the, the kind of player that bolsters competition? Do you think he's somebody that could even challenge Dowerty to a starting position? Where you're, Where's your thinking with this one? I'd say sort of if people are thinking we're trying to build a championship super team, signing Ryan Giles 100% confirms that sort of entity, as it were. Um, if you were to say to me, top three players in the left wing back position in the championship last year, you look at Alfie Doughty, you look at Ryan Giles, you look at Ryan Manning. Like Jamie said then, Ryan Manning, he's gone to Saints. He'll probably by far and large be the best wing back in the league that season unless Ryan Giles stays there. I know Middlesbrough are in for him as well, um, about the same price, about £5 million. Um, But again, it comes back to competition. Like in the Premier League, you need two good players in every position because there's going to be different games for different players. And just because they both play the same position doesn't mean they both play the same, right? And I mentioned a little while ago about Doughty potentially playing further forward or having the ability to do so. Giles, I think, also fits in that category. So if we were to further down the line play wingers, what's the harm in playing both of them at the same time? One could play further forward, one plays further back, they can overlap each other, you get the gist. Equally, again, it competition breeds better players. Like if you're competing against someone, you want to hold down that slot in the first eleven, you are naturally going to be a better player. So if you have someone like Ryan Giles, who is basically on par with Doughty, in my opinion, for ability. That it's only going to make each other better players, let alone just Doughty. So for me, hands down, get him in. Yeah, I think that competition point is an interesting one. I think as much as we love Morris, Clark, Adebayo, Lockyer, Osho, Bell, Doughty, etc., we all love them. We, we all thought we all think they're fantastic players, and, and we're confident that they can all make that step up to the Premier League. But it is likely that one or two of those just can't and just don't because. That they, they might get they might get found out in a certain situation. They might lose confidence, and it might turn out that one of them don't. And if and if that player is doughty and you can't step up to the Premier League, and we've got Ryan Giles there to sort of back him up and compete, then at least then it sort of mitigates the risk that one player in one position who we all love doesn't quite make the step up. Um, so that that competition is is massive. And then on on I guess versatility of of system, I can certainly see. Going away from home, away at Man City, going to flat four five one with Giles left back and Doughty left left mid. So just a double up on a Grealish or a or a Foden. So yeah, I think there there will definitely be situations where you play both at the same time next season. Can we play a left back and a left wing back against Man City? <laughs> is that is that allowed? It would be a probably a, a back eight with 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 two fullbacks either side. I think. <laughs> So pretty much looking at this poll, um, the, the Luton fan base are in agreement with, with what Jamie and Kieran have said. We've got 80% at yes, they would like to see Ryan Giles arrive at Kenilworth Road and there was 20% at no. That leads us into our third and final poll for this week and that is who is it heading out to Germany? Um, as we've sort of um, mentioned the game's coming up against Buckham and during our little break, uh, because Jamie and Kieran are going, they were taking the piss really that I just skipped past it because <laughs> I didn't want it to, I didn't want them to speak about it. So um, 
<laughs> I'll let you two uh, tune in. I'm going to mute you both and just uh, give me the thumbs up when you when you're done. Like, <laughs> come back in. But I'll I'll give you the results of the poll and then I will uh, I'll let you let you two get away with it. It's um it was ten percent yes they're going. There was twenty two percent that are undecided and there was sixty eight percent no. Um, so so go on. Let you uh, let you two speak, and I'll uh, yeah I'll sit here quietly. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess I'm not surprised by the amount of notice. To be honest, I think the fact, in terms of it being late notice, is probably fed into a lot of a lot of that. I mean, amongst the Oak Road lot, is only me and Kieran going because you people have already booked other holidays and plans, and there's only so 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 long you can hold off. So that's that's I guess that's the one frustration in terms of the announcement is because it it took so long. But my dad can't go because he's got plans. He's already away. So. Yeah, frustrating for the guys that can't make it, but yeah, for me and Kieran, buzzing, can't wait. Um, we've, I mean, for anyone that is close to us or follows us or know, or knows us personally, they know that we we love our European football trips. We've done it loads of times before, especially that northwest Germany slash Holland area. So to to get Bochum away, which is a new ground, we we, we sort of we are ground hoppers and and love to sort of add add to our tally. So to do that, but to follow the club we love in Luton is just. A bit of a dream come true, really. You sort of think that that what one of the only chances you can get to play in Europe is if you're a top seven Premier League side. Um, obviously, in recent recent years, sort of the five past five to ten years, there's been a few pan-European friendlies. So, for Luton to now be in that position where we 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 can have one of those um, is yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, love Germany, cannot wait for it. In terms of a game, it's going to be a good game. I think Bochum are a similar sort of level to Luton. They're, what, second or third year Bundesliga side now. Um, and it's a proper industrial town in, in Germany. So spot on game for Luton. Um, and yeah, bring it on. Can't wait. Yeah, like the sort of similar mindset to Jamie here, where obviously people that know us, whether you follow us on Twitter or know us more personally, we love our ground hops. Like we've had teams that we sort of go and follow, whether it be sort of a Bayer Leverkusen. Jamie, I know, has been to Roma and Sevilla a couple of times. Most recently for the pair of us, um, obviously PSV Eindhoven was stuck out for us. And luckily, Bochum away the night before, PSV away at Feyenoord for the Super Cup. And someone, this guy here, may have lagged us two tickets for that as well, which is bloody wonderful. Um, but in terms of all these trips we've done, Every single time has been a reoccurring thing. We've always looked at each other and just thought, imagine the day that this is Luton. Like, and yeah. at some point, we, it's always like, yeah, imagine, like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And then this week, it's become an actual reality. And you're like, oh, my God. And Bochum, for me, there was a couple of tweets and I was a bit annoyed at them where people were like, oh, is that it? Is that it? Like, what do you mean, is that it? Like a top flight Bundesliga club. And you're saying, is that it? Equally... The thing for me is, you alluded to then, they're quite a similar level to us. Their fans on Twitter are welcoming us in with open arms already, by the way, which is really nice. And I'm hoping we can have a few drinks or a few Bochum lot and then they end up following the podcast <laughs> and we get massive because of VFL Bochum. But in terms of level, that is a really good test. Like I said about Wolves last week, Wolves is a good test because we're going to be playing them twice next year. They finished bottom half of the Prem. It's a good idea to see where we're at. But Bochum is as well, testing ourselves against European opposition who are in the sort of bottom half of the Bundesliga, who are in that sort of top flight era of their own. 
it's going to be a big test. And imagine coming away from that weekend and being like, we've just gone to Bochum, beaten them once or twice, and we've had a great time while doing it. And like for those of us that get to go, like we're gutted for those that can't, whether it be work or holiday or whatever else. Um, but for us that get to go, that genuinely has a chance, Like especially for us younger generation who's not seen any European football whatsoever for Luton. It's going to be mental and will live in the memory bank for quite a long time. And I'm sure you'll have to hear about it on Twitter for weeks and months to come. Yep. Can't wait. There you go. Can't Bill, wait to hear if it. I'm up, we're done, by the way, if, 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 if we're on mute. <laughs> Bill is fuming. Pass it on. To be fair, you're a good salesman. If anybody wants to take my holiday, then yeah, I'm more than happy. I'm more than happy. I mean, to, to be to be fair, lads, like also you mentioned about me plugging everything. Um, me and Jamie are going to be sort of vlogging this whole adventure following Luton away. Like it's a bit different going to Man City or whatever else. Like we want to enjoy the moment, but this feels appropriate to share and allow you guys to experience it with us as well. Um, and it is low-key the start of a future project for me and Jamie as well, um, which we'll allude to further down the line, and you'll see in sort of the pipeline with the vlog, as it were. But that'll obviously come out in August. Um, maybe I might release it on my birthday as like a little birthday present for everyone. <laughs> but yeah, basically, keep your eyes peeled on YouTube for that because it's going to be bloody brilliant. I can't wait for that, to be fair. You you might take the piss out of me being jealous, but that is something I'm looking forward to, seeing all that put together. It's going to be it's a very, very exciting project. But moving on, we'll go on to the transfer rumours for this week. And, and there's been a fair few, as there has been over the last few weeks. We, we tend to bring about five or six of them. Um, and again, it's hit that kind of mark. So the first one here is Ross Stewart is apparently on Luton's radar, according to the Northern Echo. Um, the Sunderland striker scored 10 goals in 13 league games last season, spent a lot of the campaign out injured. Um, but Stoke City and Middlesbrough are also in for him. Um, of course, Luton have the Premier League advantage if we were to, to go down that route. But Stoke and, and Middlesbrough probably have that more immediate need to, to bring in a striker and a starting striker, that is. Uh, whereas Luton, he, he sort of probably falls into that kind of rotation category. The next one, Issa Kabore, um, who is Manchester City right wing back. He spent last season out on loan at Marseille, played 29 times, gained very good European experience, as we just alluded to there. That was from the Daily Mail, um, going on to Joseph Martinez that we've already spoken about in a little bit of detail. Um, according to the Sun, Luton are interested in him into Miami. Uh, value him at ten million pounds. Uh, that's the price tag. But but Luton, are, by the report, unwilling to go to that kind of valuation at this stage. Um, also, Tom Heaton, a name that's been linked with Luton throughout this this transfer window. Um, the latest update from the Sun is that Luton have retained interest as. Manchester United tried to solve their uh, goalkeeping conundrum. Um, of course, Manchester United are, are looking to. Uh, well, I think have they signed Anana? Or they're looking. It's currently at Romano. Here we go stage. So yeah, it's basically done. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's good as done. It's good as done. Um, which could pave the way for Luton to then go out and get the thirty-seven-year-old. 
And then, as we've already spoke about as well, Ryan Giles, the left wing back who is uh, permanently at Wolves, but spent last season on loan at Middlesbrough, enjoyed a very, very good season. 11 assists in 45 appearances, fantastic left foot, very good crosser of the ball and, and just a real creative gem. Um, that is a report, uh, sorry, the, the report that was latest was from Team Talk that, that attached a £5 million valuation and that um, said that, that bids have been made, offers have been made, but whether they are at that £5 million mark is, is to be seen. Um, as said there, Middlesbrough are also in for him, so that's going to be a very interesting battle. Coming to you, boys, there's a lot of rumours there. There's a lot of players to, to sort of go through. But what stands out for you, Mr. Jamie Castle? Which player there makes you think, wow, he's going to improve Luton Town Football Club? Uh, for me, I think probably the one at the minute is Issa Kabore. I think um, currently drama we've not managed to get and it seems like we probably won't. There's not been too much come out. He's trading the leads and maybe the price tag Luton deemed, deemed too high. Um so yeah, Kabore, it it will be a loan only because he's a city youngster. But I hope we can get something something in the contract, maybe as a, as, a, as like a permanent option. Um, but yeah, great pedigree, Marseille last season, but appeared twenty nine times. I think a lot of them were off the bench, but still to be Marseille second choice right back, you've got to have something about you. The fact that they've that they've had you on the shortlist somewhere um, speaks volumes. Very athletic, ball carrier, probably lacks a bit of sort of final ball ability. Um, but ultimately, at our, at our stage, we're not, we're not going to get the perfect right wing back. Um, so someone that would definitely come in and uh, and improve the team. Um, and part of me's already got an idea of a song to Lazzamore. So, yeah, I, I, hope, I, hope it, I, I hope he can come in and, and we can f- fulfil a Issa Borway song. So. What about you, Kieran? Is Kabore the one that stands out for you, or is there any any other names within that list that that you think would improve improve the club? He does. He of course he stands out to me. Um, I am going to mention another name, but he stands out to me in the sense of it's no mean feat playing twenty nine times for Marseille, and they finished second last year. Am I right? Second, third. Um, the fact he's played in Europe as well at such a young age is highly appealing especially for a team like us um but i wouldn't be the mls advocate that i am without obviously mentioning the man joseph martinez um mentioned him at the start the second i saw that report on twitter i was convinced it was fake and i mean it's alan nixon so it could be here or there but a lot of things with luton he's got right recently so therefore his credibility is this way so i'm going to take it with a lot less bit of a pinch of salt and a bit more reality and I mentioned on Twitter, it's a statement signing. It's the sort of player that if you watch MLS, and I normally don't implore you to make a judgment by just watching YouTube compilations. But if you are listening to this right now, after the pod, go on YouTube and look at compilations of this man. And you will see what I mean about bagging goals for fun. He's a showman, scores goals, has track records of winning trophies, even if people go, oh, but it's only the MLS cup. Either way. He's got a track record of being a bagsman and a very, very good striker. Five foot nine, about that. Offers something different. Very quick, very direct. Like I said, scored goals for fun. Um, it's one of those where we said about the Eli Morris thing, um, trusting them at the start of the season. If that doesn't work out, 
that is a very interesting player to turn to or an interesting dynamic. And for me, I like a character. And if we can get a player like him, who is a showman, to buy into Luton Town, it's a statement signing in that respect. Because if he's buying into us and he's buying into our project and he's buying into our team, who else from the outside as a player is going to look at that and go, well, bloody hell, they're signing Joseph Martinez and he wants to go there. Who doesn't want to in that respect? So that's the one that stands out for me. And also because it would be by far and large our record signing and it would probably pee off a few people knowing that we've signed him over a few other European clubs as well. I just can't wait for all, all the wacky flags that they could next year. We've got potentially Burkina Faso with Gabore. We've got hopefully Zimbabwe again with Nakamba. We've got uh, the potentially Venezuela with Martinez. And I'm looking forward to, to all, all the wacky flags being being held by fans at the Kenny. See, I'm not usually a man that's like, uh, you know, you get the cardboard signs where it's like, give me your shirt. I would happily chase after Joseph Martinez for a Luton Martinez shirt and hold up a Venezuela flag. Like, yeah, come <laughs> on, boys. Let's have a bit of that. He, he would be a really, really good signing. I'd like him. So that's a big yes from Kieran then for Joseph Martinez. Well, that just about draws up today's episode. Um, before we go today, just a quick reminder. I know we reminded you at the start, but we'll remind you again. Please subscribe to our new YouTube channel, Oak Road Hatter. It's the same as everything else. It's not too difficult to, to remember. It's a um, it's a social-wide um, name now. Except from the Instagram. Instagram, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll, have to, we'll have to sort that one day, I'm sure. But yes, please check us out. Check out other videos that we've done. But also check our other socials. Um, and also on Spotify, please rate us five stars. That helps it grow massively. And a big thank you to everybody that's watched, listened, and appreciated the content today. And until next week, it's goodbye from us. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans